Thank you for joining us today as we walk shoulder to shoulder, growing in love of the Lord and each other. Good morning, Megan. Good morning, Pam. It's so good to be here doing this with you. Amen. So we're uh, excited about this topic because it it piggybacks off of the last episode where we talked about emotional maturity and immaturity. And today we're going to talk about the very important um, topic of spiritual maturity, which, you know, isn't completely independent, of course, of uh, emotional maturity because, you know, we are called to be... um, fully, as I said last time, integrated within ourselves, and they're going to all impact each other. Um, but, you know, as we as it relates to spiritual maturity, this is going to be um, even more blatantly, shall we say, the work of the Lord and not um, just a matter of kind of unpacking some of maybe our psychological wounds or things like that, um, that so much impact our emotional maturity. But this is, uh, in my mind, really about how we are ordered towards cooperating with the will of God. Okay. Um, like if we think about the saints as being the most spiritually mature human beings, and, and if we think about Mary in particular mm-hmm. as being the most spiritually mature human who ever walked the earth, um, the created human, uh, you know, not Jesus Christ, obviously, as right. fully God and fully man was the ultimate there. But, you know, as, as far as, you know... The rest so, of us. So, so what you're saying is, though, is that you don't necessarily have to be completely emotionally mature to actually be spiritually mature. No, and I'm, and again, it's like your human side and your spiritual side, right? And again, like we talked about last time, is is everybody's going to be on a spectrum of this. There's nobody who has you know a, achieved full spiritual maturity except the Blessed Mother, because we're are always going to have sin, and sin. Um, limits our spiritual maturity that just it just is and so you know until we're perfected as the saints in heaven we're still going to have areas within our lives that are spiritually immature but we're on this path of growing in holiness and when we talk about growing in holiness it really is growing in spiritual maturity becoming more and more ordered completely towards the will of god such that it is his will that lives in us and not you know the will of the flesh And, you know, I wanted to, right at the top here, I want to bring out some scripture verses so that we can just kind of ground the discussion in scripture, because Paul often in his epistles talks a lot about the idea of spiritual maturity. So I'm just going to throw out um, two or three here. Uh, The one I wanted to start with comes from 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 11. And he said, Paul says, uh, when I was a child... I spoke like a child, I thought like a child, and I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish ways. Mm. So there's this sense of how we speak, how we think, how we understand the world around us is meant to grow in maturity and that we're at some point, we really are supposed, we're supposed to be striving to give up the idea of childishness. Now, being childlike is different than being childish, right? Right. And, you know, we can talk about that a little more. But the other verse that I thought was really um, important to bring up because it kind of casts the light on what it looks like when we aren't living in spiritual maturity. And this comes from Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16, and it says, And he, the Lord, gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, 
for building up the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, Mm. so that we may no longer be children. And this part is really important. I'm going to highlight this. We may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head into Christ. Amen. That's so beautiful. I mean, I haven't really looked at that verse like that before, Megan. I thank you for that because that was really, there's a lot there. Yes. That's a lot there let's, to let's just like unpack yeah. it. Let's, uh, that, that, yeah, I think sure. this verse really is the episode, right? Right. And I'm going to say it again. Ephesians 4, 11 through 16. So listen to us talk about it. But then I encourage y'all, you know, go back to your own Bible, open up the Bible, open it up to Ephesians 4. Maybe you want to read the whole chapter. You want to get what's before and what's after, yeah, but like, sure. look at these verses and then ask the Lord to speak to your heart, um, what he wants to teach you in particular about these things. But as we go through this, let's just start with the first part where he's talking about what the Lord's given. He's given apostles, prophets, evangelists, shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry for the building up of the body of Christ until we attain the unity of faith and the knowledge of the son of God. So what does that speak to you when you hear those Mm. words? Unity of faith is a little more sketchy, sketchy than sketchy. Able. That makes well, it mean, sound like a bad thing. No, you no, mean no. Sketchy as ambiguous. in I can't, I don't understand yeah, that as well right. as the knowledge of God. So to be spiritually mature in my estimation is also coming to know that you are beloved child of God. That's what I hear in that section. Right. What I also hear that there's all these workers that he's put in place in the church and in our lives to help us become these people. So what it speaks to Mm. me also is, yes, we're meant to strive towards the attainment of the knowledge of God and unity and that the function of that passes through the ministers that God places in our lives, that we are not meant to go this alone. Spiritual maturity is not attained just you and Jesus on your own. He has placed in our lives people to teach us. Relationships. Relationships, exactly. But in order to receive what the Lord wants to teach through others, we have to have a humility that says, I can learn from others. So true. And so I think this is one of the dangers that we run into in the current times where we're struggling to really know who can we trust in the leadership, right? right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's just not clear all the time now, is this bishop or is this priest or whatever speaking the truth of God? So we really need to use our discernment to always go back to what the time and memorial teachings of the church are, the catechism scripture. And when we find a, a shepherd, a teacher, an evangelist, when we find a person who is faithful and orthodox, listen to them, mm. seek out their words, gr- try to grow in understanding and have the humility to know that you don't know it all. 
Right. And God's placed these people in our lives to teach us. So true. Every day we should be learning every day more of the truths of not just our faith, but the truth of God and his abundant, deep, sincere love for us as our creator. Right. Yeah, for sure. So, uh, I mean, I can chew on that one all the time. I mean, I can sit there and pray in adoration and just say, Lord, you know, this is such a, a, a deep, deep well. Help me to understand your love for me because I don't feel lovable, you right. know, yeah. oftentimes in my sinfulness. And how can you love us the way that you do? But yeah. You know, so for this yeah. first part, I'm going to challenge our listeners. Take this verse, this part, the beginning of this and ask yourself this question. Who are the people that God has put in my life to teach me to grow in spiritual maturity? Identify them. And once you identify them, I'm going to encourage you to do two things. First, praise the Lord Almighty for giving them to you. Yeah. Sit in gratitude for those people and then reach out to those people. Thank them for their witness and also seek out opportunities to spend time in their presence, either, or maybe it's not in their presence. Maybe it's listening to their podcast. <laughs> if we're one of those people <laughs> in your life, praise be to God. He's praise using us in spite of ourselves. That's right. but, but, you know, whoever those people are, whether they're, you know, personalities that, that have public ministry or they're pe personal people in your lives, you know, be grateful for them and then continue to seek out the wisdom that God's pouring into your life through them. Well, and don't don't overlook the fact that there may be people um, kind of the negative being true as well, that if you have difficult people that God's placed in your life, that you really are called to to growth through oh, having to sure. overcome those um, difficulties. Absolutely. So let's read the next part. So we were growing in unity of the faith and knowledge of the God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Oh, what is that? Yeah, what's that? I don't know. I'm 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 drawing a blank on this one. The fullness <laughs> of the stature of Christ. I don't know because I always think of him not so much in the mortal flesh, but as the spiritual flesh. So that was kind of like, well, I don't know. It's challenging me. The way I see it is, is really judging everything by the standard of Christ. Mm. Christ came, yes, to die so that we may live. He came for his passion, but he also lived a life before that to teach us what it looks like to be fully human in God. He is the perfect example of living life fully, gloriously human as we were created to be. He is the new Adam. He is the perfect man. And so, when we are thinking about how we live our lives, the decisions that we're going to make, how we're going to seek the Lord, go to Jesus. Under, look at his example. And how are you going to know his example unless you do what? Scripture. Scripture. Read mm, scripture. So Come to know who Jesus is through the words that he, the Holy Spirit has breathed through these evangelists. In the gospels. In the gospels to teach us who Jesus is. And learn from him. And then I will also add to this, Mary, you know, we For need sure. a perfect man and we need a perfect woman. 
God gave us his perfect, glorious son, who is also perfect man and also fully God. But he also gave us a perfect example of what it is to be a woman in the Lord and Mary Mm -hmm. and to learn from her, to see how she's portrayed in scripture and, you know, also to be aware of times that she's revealed herself in prophecy and in, you know, like at Fatima and, you know, Mm -hmm. and other you know, places imagery, of revelation. The imagery that's come into mind as you're speaking of, of both um, our Lord and his mother are the sacred and immaculate heart. So I think those mm-hmm. are also such really good focal points. Like in my mind, not really knowing what their faces look like, but just we know and see that image of the immaculate heart and the sacred heart and contemplating the beauty that is their hearts and wanting to have a heart like theirs is there's a lot about what I think this is talking about as well. Yeah. And one of the things that I think about when I think about those two hearts is something that they both have in common. There's two things that jump out in my mind of those two hearts and what they have in common. First, they both burn with love. Mm. They're on fire with love. And second, they're both wounded. Mm-hmm. And it really does harken back to when we were talking about, you know, in the last episode about, um, being emotionally mature is how do you respond to those times of pain or disappointment? Do you respond with anger and lashing out or do you respond with love? And these two hearts, the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Mary, of Jesus, they respond to everything with love. Right. And that is both emotional and spiritual maturity. Mm, the uncommon mercy. I mean, that's really what that is. They, that type of uh, reaction is uncommon mercy. So instead of seeking retribution, they seek to pray. Right. Just like understanding you know, the shortcomings of the hum- human. Absolutely. And you, know, you wow. think uh, of Christ and his passion and, you know, Jesus on the cross, forgive them, Father. They know mm. not what they do. And Mary receiving all of us as her spiritual children, even though we're the ones that kill her son. You know, like what more anger can you imagine, Pam, in your life than, you know, say you had somebody murdered one of your children Mm. to embrace them as a spiritual child. Right. I mean, but that is love beyond all telling. You know, that is supernatural love that we can only receive through God's grace. But that is the ultimate of spiritual maturity to love no matter what. That's right. Wow. And that's what a high bar they've set for us. So this is the full stature of the mature manhood and womanhood. It's Jesus and Mary and looking at them and using them as our example in everything that we do. So then let's go um, on because the next part really gives the prescription of what it looks like when you're spiritually immature. Let's do it. It says, so to grow in the full stature of the fullness of Christ, that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, Mm. by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. So the idea tossed to and fro. Right. Oh, wow. I think that's, is that describing our culture right now? I mean, when you're saying that, I mean, all I see is like tossed to and fro a web of deceit. In this, like, just really set out to throw us off, throw us off our guard, throw us our vision off of Christ. You know, that's what I really see in there. There's going to be so much to distract us because 
the evil one is going to be out there flailing, trying to get the attention off of the Lord and onto things that don't matter. Right. Absolutely. I mean, it's so evocative, right? This idea of being tossed to and fro, Mm. being blown by the winds of change. Drowning. Isn't that another thing that kind of evokes you? You're being tossed in the waves. Right. And I think it's so that would be the the spiritually immature place where you're not rooted. You're not well founded in what Christ taught and what the church teaches mm-hmm. that you're tossed to and fro. And so you it, to be spiritually mature is to understand the Lord as your firm foundation, the place at which you are firmly attached and that you cannot be separated from no matter how hard the winds blow, no matter how confusing things get, that he is your rock and salvation, not the world, him. And so when you are just totally secure in that, when challenges come, you don't get tossed to and fro. He's your anchor. That's right. Isn't that really what he was talking about um, when he was saying you have to leave your father, mother, brother, sister, you know, to be totally divested of things of this world, to be totally attached to only him. Absolutely. What a great imagery that is. I mean, it's a hard one if we think about it, but he talks to us in such a human way calling us to himself like that. Oh, it's good. Yeah. And so, you know, when he talks about being carried about by winds of doctrine, human cunning, craftiness, and deceitful schemes, mm-hmm. you know, when we don't know our faith, when we don't trust the Lord that he's good, right. then we are, you know, left very vulnerable to ideas that are contrary to what the Lord teaches. I mean, it's just like, in, you know, in, right back in the garden of, you know, Eve didn't hold fast to what the Lord said was true. The Lord said, you eat from that, that tree, you will die. And the enemy came with his cunning and his deceitfulness and said, will you really? Did he really mean that? He said that, no, he's just trying to keep you from something. Like if she had held fast and said, no, the Lord Almighty said this. Right. She wouldn't have been pulled away, but because she wasn't holding fast to the firm foundation of what God's word mm-hmm. is in, in her life. Well, it was a lack of trust. She right. just didn't, be- she didn't really believe God. And I think we all wrestle with that. I mean, it comes and goes, it ebbs and flows, it tosses around. Sure. And do we believe him here or here? Can, right. Is he trustworthy? And I mean, I can only say that it's been a life experience of over and over again, answering that question. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. But I would say that the prescription, if you're looking to grow in spiritual maturity, is come to find those places within yourself where you're struggling to trust. If you have areas in your life where you're just really not living in trust of God's goodness, trust mm-hmm. of his providence, trust in that he is working in ways that you can't necessarily understand, but he is working for your good then you need to bring those to the Lord in honesty and say, Lord, I'm struggling to trust you here. Can you give me more grace? I need your grace. Because if we don't address those areas, if we let them to stay in a vulnerable place, then when these winds start blowing and they're blowing, right? They're blowing now and they'll be blowing even harder as we move forward. We're going to be susceptible to being blown off our course. Yes, You know, we need to set our course firmly without the any 
deviation towards heaven. You know, Meg, this really um, brings up something that Dennis and I were talking about earlier today, and that was that um, there's a lot of uh, spiritual warfare going on. And and what do I mean by that, Uh, my brothers and sisters, is when you, for some unknown reason, say you've been solid on a, in a secure path of in your faith for a while, and maybe you've, you've um, let's say, I'll use the example of really overcoming a, a vice of, say, like gossip, and it hasn't mm-hmm. been an issue for you in a while, and all of a sudden that kind of creeps back in. So I want to say that those things can ebb and flow. It's not a one and done. They will come back, but that doesn't mean that you're not advancing, right? Absolutely, yeah. It just means you always have to call yourself back to the goodness of God. But honestly, like, you know, there's two things at play there, too. The Lord is the best trainer that there is, right, to, to grow in spiritual maturity. So what happens if you do advance in spiritual maturity, the only way for you to continue growing is for you to get harder and harder challenges, yes. right? So we can start accepting one, one aspect of spiritual maturity is understanding that the challenges that the Lord brings into our lives or allows in our lives are meant for our good and meant to help us grow. And as we grow, those challenges will by necessity get harder because we're becoming stronger and more mature, and therefore we need to be challenged in a more significant way. Exactly. But on the flip side, as the enemy sees us grow in spiritual maturity, which he hates because growing in spiritual maturity means not only growing closer to the Lord in our personal lives, but also growing in our ability to be a witness to the Lord, which can then build the kingdom, which he hates. He does not want the kingdom to be built. Right. So he'll oppose you in any way that he Destroy, can, yes. you know, try to tear you down and whatever. Divide. So to just understand that those forces are at play all the time and how you respond can either cause you to take two steps forward in your spiritual maturity or two steps back. And mm-hmm. so to always be rooted in, in seeking God's it help. It is a battle, my friends. It's a battle always and every day. Absolutely. So as, we, as we're coming to the end of our um, time, I just wanted to finish with the last uh, verse here. Rather speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up <laughs> in every way into him who is the head into Christ. So it's interesting now how he's talking about how we can be blown about if we're not well-rooted, but now he's saying we're grow up. Why? And how speaking the truth in love. So there's an action here. That's a result of growth and spiritual maturity that we can then go forth into the world and speak truth into the world. And to speak truth in the world is to speak Christ into the world because he is truth, Mm -hmm. right? And so our spiritual maturity, like I was just saying before, it serves not only for our own, you know, personal holiness, but as that witness to the world. And if we don't have it, we won't have the capacity to speak that truth when it's a hard truth and it's, you know, may be very opposed by the world, or we won't have, you know, the sort of gravitas that someone would hear. Like if you're just a mess yeah, and even if you're speaking truth, how is someone going to trust that it's true because you're blown by the winds all the time? That's so true. And the other thing I'm hearing Megan here is, is, with the headship of God is, is that we are all one in that body of Christ. And so damaging another person damages yourself. You see what oh, I'm saying? Sure, so we sure. have that whole, we are all interwoven together and we need to understand that and know that Christ is the head of our hearts and the head of our lives. Amen. 
So, you know, as we uh, close this topic, um, my sort of just advice for, for listeners is go deep in scripture with this, find those passages where Paul is particularly Paul. He just really does bang this home on another number of different occasions, this idea of maturity in the Lord, read those verses, ponder those verses, but don't stop there. Ask the Lord to help you grow in spiritual maturity. He answers the desires of our heart. And if we truly desire this, he will come through for us in this area because he longs for us to have spiritual maturity because what it does is it gives us that peace and joy. That's right. And it also serves to build his kingdom, which he desires is to bring souls to himself. Yes. Spend time with Jesus, my friends, whether it's in the quiet corner of your room, your house, or in the car on the freeway. Spend time with Jesus. Amen. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up with that and uh, hope this has blessed you. We certainly ask that if it has, that you would share it with, with other folks who you think could benefit from it. And we thank you again for listening. And until next time, God bless. God bless.